Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hola, it's Aladdin, Prince of the Airways. You are watching Hip Hop Wired. Yes, it is that time. That's why you hear the alarm going off because I got this, the queen that's going to help us kick off. We are celebrating 50 years of hip hop, and it's only right that we started off with our queens. We, we're doing a different spin. We already know, you know, hip hop started in New York, but it's only right. We know, you know, the whole Run DNC and all that, but we got to talk to one of the pioneers, the ladies that have done so much in this industry. Uh, she might be new to some of you. Uh, she, a lot of you may know her from all the iconic things that we're gonna talk about. I have the honor and the privilege to talk to the one, the only, Leslie Sager. Hey, Queen, how are you? Hey, I think I'm wearing the appropriate shirt today. Hey, hey. <laughs> Queen, I need this shirt, that's crazy. Queen for yes. Queen. Hi, y'all. Uh, how are you? I'm really, really good. Thank you for having me. I oh, appreciate no, it. For those who are just meeting me for the first time, you guys have been watching me for a thousand years and you don't even realize that your parents have been watching me. So even though I'm 22 forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You don't look a day over 21. <laughs> Thank you. No, Leslie, oh my goodness. Where do we start? Um, First, let me start off since we're selling 50 years of hip hop. When did you first fall in love with hip hop? Oh my God. I, you know, being a New York City chick, you fall in love with hip hop because that's part of your environment. It's part of your mm -hmm. essence. And I say this every interview, but it's true. I grew up with Kid and Play. Literally, we all, them, my siblings, we went to like junior high school, high school together. So when they started doing jams and stuff in the park, um, I was there, you know, from the handball court to the roller skating rink. We all were hanging out together. Eric mm -hmm. B., we all went to Sunday school. Positive K and I graduated from high school together. Like, just being part of that New York essence and in the streets and stuff on the time and all the train and, you know, riding into Manhattan like you were everything. The way you dress in high school in the hallways with your members only jacket and your name bell and the guys in their British walkers and all of that stuff. We had our bamboo earrings like we were the yeah. first to hit it. Fashion was a thing. The music in the hallways. People finally learning to rhyme like, you know. It's, it's, I can't tell you when. It just has been part of my DNA since yeah, the beginning. You, you were just right there, the right time, right age bracket, and just, man, uh, you've seen so much in history. Um, so, first, let's start off with how you got the name Big Les. Oh, Lord, I didn't give it to myself. Trust me. No, <laughs> nobody named themselves that. Of course, we none of us give us our nicknames. You know, but I was a gymnast. Um, before you guys see Simone Biles mm. and all these other beautiful Black and Latina gymnasts, there were very few of us. Um, there was Diane Durham who came before me, but I literally was a gymnast who's five foot six. I competed probably between 130 and 150 pounds from the age of 10 to, to high school. And yeah. when I got in the industry, they'd be like, 
who's the big girl doing backflips? And they'd be like, oh, that's just Les. Well, big Les, come here. We need you. You know, that kind of a thing. And then it just kind of stuck. So yeah. I was like, okay, nobody ever calls me Leslie anymore. It's it's crazy. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So was this before or after college? Uh, this was actually after college. Okay. So yeah, people kind of knew and respected like you know, it would always be there would be me and maybe one other black girl throughout my whole childhood that competed uh, in gymnastics. And I'm talking on a national, a state level, a regional level. There were very, 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 very few of us. I can count us on one hand if there's more than three. Um, but it wasn't until I got into the industry and then it was just like, yo, who's the, the big girl, the, the black girl? <laughs> what? So it became that. Wow. Um, man. And then so and you majored in is it sociology? No, physiology. Physiology, okay. Physiology, and that kind of falls along the lines of sports medicine, physical right. therapy, athletic training, all of that stuff. Wow. So from that to music, like, you know, it, it's crazy because people go to college and then they be like, yeah, I don't even use my degree. Like, it, is it one of those situations where you felt like hip hop chose you? Oh, I can't say that it changed me. It's crazy because in high school, the I thought I was- chose. Well, it did choose me for sure, for mm. sure. You know, I um, was going to do journalism when I was in high school. I took these classes that I loved mm. and then it was one class that I hated or maybe it was the teacher that I hated. And I was just like, oh no, I'm not doing this. I, no, I'm switching. And so because I was into physical fitness and mm -hmm. physiology and sports medicine and athletic training, I thought I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to be a trainer for like a major sports team, you know, right. taping them up. I'm the one who helps you with your rehabbing, your, inju your injuries and stuff. But being a gymnast and then being a club kid as a dancer in New York, like, you know, again, you go to the roller skating rink, I'm around the rock steady crew and every, all the B-boys and the B-boy girl, B-girls, yeah. and I'm just falling in love with all of it. And it wasn't right. until I got into college and like I started seeing Jody Watley and Janet Jackson and Paula mm -hmm. Abdul, and I'd be in my dorm room going, oh my God, they're dance there's dancers, I could do that. And I didn't see anybody doing like backflips. I barely saw like, a, there were black girls, but they weren't like, yeah. I'm like, I could be, that could be me. And I got into mm -hmm. a five-year master's program um but you can only compete for four years in ncaa and so like year five i was like i'm out of here i gotta go to broadway i gotta go dance um because who could sit around for a year when you've been doing gymnastics your whole life and you're still right. in good shape and you're still right. young so for me to go to new york and start dancing was like the only alternative until this day my mother's like so when are you going back for that master's um what are we doing <laughs> i'm like nah so um i, I mean that can you talk a little bit about how much the dance culture influenced hip hop? Oh my God. Well, I mean, obviously as one of the major four elements of hip hop, right? We talk mm -hmm. about b-boying and b-girling, yeah. but it's also evolved from what we came in doing in the nineties, you know, hip hop dance. And it's interesting. I just watched, I think it was Love and Hip Hop Miami and one of the Caribbean artists, um, something happened in the transportation where their dancers couldn't make it. She was like, I can't perform without my dancers. And it's so crazy because artists feel that that right yeah, you should be an artist yeah. in your own right where you should be comfortable and you should be able to like command the stage on your own but then you depend on the dancers but you don't want to pay us you don't want to give us our flowers mm -hmm. you don't want to respect the fact that we are here and you want to say that we're a dime a dozen um people pay a lot of money to go see their favorite artists at madison square garden right yeah. but for the price of the ticket you don't want to just see one person standing there we're giving you a show and experience of feeling mm -hmm. and in rehearsal we're elevating an artist out of their comfort zone some of these artists can't dance from the beginning they don't right. even know what movement is or what it is to go to the left and the right side of the mm -hmm. stage and as a dancer and a choreographer 
we're enhancing your artists and people still don't respect that. So I always say, let's switch places with a supermodel, right? Because they get to walk up and down the aisle, make tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars for three minutes of work because they were born beautiful. Yet mm -hmm. we are in rehearsal eight, 10, 12 hours a day, dancing in heels, on cobblestone, in water, and our bodies break sometimes down. Sometimes shoes. Absolutely, <laughs> and we barely even see sometimes a tenth of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So let's switch yeah. places for a minute. I yeah. absolutely can walk the runway, but could you stand eight hours of rehearsal? I don't think so. And we mm. both represent million-dollar companies, billion-dollar mm. industries, the fashion industry as well as the music industry. So dancers have definitely become or have been an integral part of uh, the hip hop environment. And I wish more people other than Missy Elliott would thank their dancers, you know? Mm. Hey, listen, I love it. I love it. So uh, let's transition a little bit. So dancing was one of the first loves. How did you get into TV? And then was, was it, did Rap City come first or was the, the living single piece? Um. I have to be living single, I think, came first. Okay. Did it? I think I got to do the math. 93 is when Rap City really happened for me. I know the books say okay. 94, but I actually started mm -hmm. in 93, um, which is crazy. I, uh, hmm, I don't even remember which came first. And we just celebrated, like, I think our 29th, 30th year <laughs> living single, the anniversary. But, you know, Rap City. What was it a simultaneous me. thing? Because, you know, that happens sometimes too. There's so many numbers going on. I Hip Hop know, 50. I know, this, you know, know, so many things happening and that I'm focusing on too, pulling stuff from the archives. Right. Um, it's been crazy. But I think um, Living Single may have happened first and then Rap City happened. Um, but they pulled me in because of all of my dance work with all the artists, you know, Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, Mary J. Blige and stuff. And so mm -hmm. having been interviewed on on the show, on Madeline Wood's show, the producers came downstairs and you'll hear this in the documentary. I don't <laughs> want to give too much away, but I have oh, relationships. Going, uh, yeah, I have relationships with artists that come from the very, very beginning where I see yeah. them without hair, makeup. I'm around mm -hmm. their families. I know the real them. And so there's nothing on a cue card or in a script that you could write for me really that I don't know unless it's something new that has to be promoted. And I think the producers and the people of the company realize that I have a lot more information than they do. And, and I'm in the streets. I'm in the club. Yeah. I'm in the industry. I'm in, you know, I'm in the mix, you know. And as they say, people are like the dancers are the first influencers. Well, it's true. Right. Because when the DJs are spinning at the clubs, if the dancer get off the floor, then the song must be whack. Right. Exactly. If nobody's dancing, exactly. it must be whack. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, having moved into radio and the DJs being an integral part, because a lot of these program directors don't go to the clubs. And they're like, no, I'm telling you, this is the song you need to be playing. It's bumping in the clubs. And they're like, well, our reports show. And you're like, oh, my God, forget your reports because they're not even in the homes that identify our demographic. So there's a lot. I know I just answered 20 different Oh, questions. absolutely. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, oh, for those that don't know, you did the iconic dance piece that's happening under the bridge. Um, what Did you come up with that? McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Idea or did like did you have creative control over how that piece looked? Oh, well, I did. It was the concept of the genius of Otis Salid. You guys may know his work. He is the directographer, director and choreographer under Spike Lee for many years. He did uh, School Days, I Don't Want to Be Alone Tonight or Good mm -hmm. Black Hair. He did uh, Malcolm X, The Lindy Hop. And that's kind of when I met him. Um, I was actually on rehearsals or on tour with Bobby Brown, had a break. Uh, one of my friends, Laurieann Gibson, actually was dancing uh, in Malcolm X and the Lindy Hop and she let me come to rehearsal and introduce me to Otis. But it was two or three weeks already into rehearsal. So it was too late for me to join. And Lindy Hop is one of my favorite things. And of course I love Otis's work. And later I get a call from Otis and I'm just like, one, how did he get my number two? Who's this playing on the phone? Stop it. Like, stop. It. <laughs> like I have this idea. Uh, we haven't been bought yet, whatever, but I want to pitch it and only you can do it. So mm -hmm. he let me do my thing. And, you know, the version that you see, I did a gazillion backflips. We were there all day. And there's one version that has like, I think, a front flip in it or something. But Otis mm -hmm. really opted not to use any of the gymnastics because that's the genius of him. Everything is a feeling. Everything is an emotion. Everything mm -hmm. is, you know, synced to the lyrics. And so, you know, I had creative control with that. It was all freestyle. People are like, show me the routine. I'm like, what routine? There is no routine. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow, that's dope. Okay, so that happened then Rap City. How did you get into Rap City and you know, how did that process go for you to become one of the hosts? And the only female host. Yeah, for sure, for sure. See, I, you keep asking me these questions and the Rap City documentary is out and I don't wanna I know, like give it to you and make you, you know, not go watch it. So I'll, I'm gonna try and paraphrase a little bit, okay, which it was okay. tough as it's always been for me as a dancer, as a gymnast, as a journalist, is one is that you don't look the part, and especially back then where everybody wanted a certain look and it didn't necessarily mean brown, uh, brown skin and, you know, actually nappy mm -hmm. hair, you know what I'm saying? And um, I wasn't considered, you know, the size, you know, even though I had like 8% body fat, I was really muscular. Everybody thinks petite was better, you know? Um, so it was very mm -hmm. political, me getting that that job, but I had great producers, Keith Fashel, Sanita Brooks, Eric Watson, who really fought, 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 fought for me. And the fact that my resume kind of dictated itself that I had relationships mm. that even the executives didn't have with these artists, you know? Right. Um, and so they finally said yes. And then next thing you know, it was six, seven years later. Wow. What did you learn from doing Rap City? Oh my God. I learned probably more about um, being a journalist and listening um, I'm, I was actually always a fan, but everything that you see like on a cue card or, you know, a teleprompter mm -hmm. is not necessarily the way that the story should go or the interview should go is that you have to really kind of listen. I always try and stay away from the typical questions that people always ask them, especially if it's press day and they have to go through the same thing over mm -hmm. and over again, 30 mm -hmm. different journalists. And then they'll say one nugget of something that I'm really interested in and it will take you down a personal road with them. So I learned a lot about that and everybody struggle as though it may seem the same about the politics and the politics of the music industry mm -hmm. everybody's journey is completely different about their contracts their publishing about who signed what who's owed money this that and the other um yeah. and it, it was i learned a lot about the music industry for someone who doesn't sell records or sign artists or manage artists right. so it was, it's good to know it's great to have in my arsenal 
since we're on the the business side, right? Um, being a woman in the early stages of this developing thing we call hip hop, what did you learn? Being that you you were college educated, how did you handle and manage um, the business side of the entertainment business? Um, it's crazy. Um, thank God for my gymnastic career beforehand and having so many accolades early on. Like I became city champ, state champ, uh, regional champ, like all those things. And so you kind of learn gymnastics is a sport that you can't fake the funk in. Right. Because yeah. the proof is in the pudding. You actually have to do the work and you have to show up better and better because there's somebody yep. coming behind you that will take you down. And so I approach dance the same way. Um, I work Gymnastics is an individual and a, and a team sport, so you can shine by yourself, but you also have to be part of a family and a team so that your team can advance. And so I approached dancing in the business that way, but people didn't reciprocate. Everybody was out for themselves. And so I ended up getting into this little bubble. Um, but I did recognize my worth early on. And when people started calling me directly, I was like, well, let me add a zero. Let me move the comma over. You know, mm -hmm. I only, I, even though I had choreographed gymnastic floor routines, I hadn't really choreographed in the business, but because I was a featured dancer mm -hmm. people thought that i was a choreographer and some choreographers would show up to rehearsals like okay y'all i need an eight count and we're like why are we doing your work and mm -hmm. once people seem to think that i was a choreographer i just said yes one day and so i realized i knew that they got paid more and because people were blowing up my phone um and we didn't have representation we didn't have agents or anything i was like let me add some zeros let me move the comma this is my right. rate and then you get to this part where it's like take it or leave it i'm not negotiating and i'm and thank god I booked like 90% of everything that I ever auditioned for or called Amen. for. Amen. Which is no Ooh, short of what God has done for No me, manager, so. no, just. Nope, nope. I, um, I, I only it. get the manager when I booked my own radio show with Ed Dre in the morning and I just mm -hmm. needed someone to go over my contract. But 98% of my career has been me hustling, grinding. So when people say now, like, how can I, can you help me? No, because we didn't have Google. We didn't have, we had 411 in the yellow pages. <laughs> so you have answers at your fingertips. I can't alley-oop you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm definitely close to giving information and supporting you in your journey. But yeah. if you're walking around here clueless and you don't know the um the business of show you know yeah. you know this is show yeah. business then mm -hmm. there's a problem you know yeah. what i mean yeah absolutely all right so you're talking about choreography you have done choreography for the greats i mean we say uh whitney houston um heavy d do we give you credit for inventing the mary j bop I think we give Mary the credit for <laughs> You know the, the iconic. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that that's, that's us? You know what I'm saying? Us. Like Mary, because she's you know she speaks so highly of you. I love Mary to death, that's and that is the, the signature move. And knowing that you were there at the beginning. Can we, can we give you a little bit of, can we give you a little I'll, bit I'll, of flowers? I'll take it. I'll take okay, it. I, okay, okay. I'll take it. But listen, you know, Mary and I are New York City girls. Even though she's from Wyo, from Yonkers, and I'm from Queens, we mm -hmm. still are around the way girls, right? So our whole essence is each other. So I uh, think once she felt comfortable with me and she let it go and I let it go, we just found yeah. each other and we became a symphony on video. Like, that's my mm. sister. She says I brought it. I help to bring it out of her, which I agree. Absolutely. Which I do with every single artist, but it already has to live inside of you for me to kind of be able to pull it out. Mm, right. So, right. Right. 
Wow, that's dope. Um, can you talk a little bit about your choreography moments and just some of the um, just some of your memorable ones? Like, I, I know it's so many, but um, what's one of those stories? Like, you know, who just couldn't get it right one day, and you just had to, you know, give them that pep talk, or you know, who just came in on fire and just like literally picked it up like that like you know you got the Chris Browns of the worlds and well listen I'm not going to put anybody on blast right because what happens in the rehearsal studio stays okay, in the rehearsal okay, gotta studio respect that. Okay. and I'm working <laughs> on a dance documentary so I may kind of divulge some of that stuff okay there. very um, nice you know there's always like even when you're looking at a boy band right out of the five there's always one you got to put in the back who just can't get it you know what I'm mm, saying yeah um yeah. You know, but that's the whole masterfulness of a choreographer is that you have to recognize the weakness in someone's dance ability. And then you have to kind of finesse the move so that the job is to make them shine, regardless of how bad or how much it compromises the choreography. Then I got to take the move out. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it won't work if, if they are not built to do. it. I can't force them to do something if I can't make it capture that feeling and that essence of what I want in regard to relaying the music video or the song. Um, so but Heavy D was always a pleasure. Heavy D was the bomb to work with because he mm. loved to dance. And so when you have joy and movement and just grooving like you show up to rehearsal that way, it's a great experience. Bobby Brown was kind of the opposite in the sense that he was always late to rehearsal doing mm -hmm. 50 million other things Absolutely. but bobby was so dope with it that he would come in pick up the routine like that and just mm -hmm. mess it be funky with it like yeah. uh. so that's the kind of thing you just are excited about is somebody who loves and respects dance in that way that they do give it their all even if they show up late to rehearsal don't show up late to my rehearsal because i fire people I, I know that's right. Big Liz, don't let him. I'm always on time. Anybody tell you I show up on time. So uh, you don't even get a minute late with me unless you call me and there's an accident or something happens. And now get your ass on time. We don't I do CBT right. over here. Well, I, I was blessed and honored to grow up on the stage. I started off as a tap dancer and I tapped yeah. with Savion Glover. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I, I would I mean, love. Did you Hill too? Huh? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to him. People don't know that he taps and he's masterful. Yeah. No, um, so would like to know uh who are some of your dance influencers and who helped influence your dance style? Oh my god. Well, first of all, the people the there's two people who I always give credit to who made me kind of look away from gymnastics and look towards dance is Darcel Wynn. If you ever seen the show Solid Gold, it used to come on like back in the 70s, 80s. Mm -hmm. It was a countdown show on a major network. And she was like the only black female, tall, long legs, long ponytail. And she would be serving it up. Google mm -hmm. it. Go to YouTube. Darcel of Solid Gold. And I'm telling you, she'll pop up and you guys will know who I'm talking about. And I would like tie a towel around my head, act like I had a long ponytail, but she would be serving it up. And I just was like, oh my God, I want to dance like that. And then of wow. course, the one and only Debbie Allen, who of I still course. to this day have never met. I don't understand. I know 90 people who know her, but when it's going to happen, Listen, Debbie, forgive me now. I'm giving you the manifestation, baby. <laughs> I'm receiving it. I, I'm sending know? it to you, Queen. It's going to happen yeah. very soon. And she, she absolutely is the blueprint, right? Because one yeah. never thinks about what do you do once the body says it's time to sit your ass down, right? So when she mm. moved into acting and producing and directing, you start looking at, oh, and I'm still a viable dancer, and I can still choreograph, and I can. So, yeah. So she is also part of my blueprint for dance. Well, uh, since you spoke on that. McDonald's is not new to chicken. 
So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Uh, I also look at you as I've, I've done my homework. You have, I, I would call you the queen of the pivot. Um, and why that's so powerful, right? Because I think, and this is something that I, you know, just a little testimony uh, about myself. It's something that I kind of struggled with at one point, right? It's like we get locked into this idea of, okay, I'm in this lane and I'm doing this. Um, and then you get to a point where it's like, oh no, what's next? Um, and it's a scary thought. How do you, or how did you take this one thing and then you've, you've pivoted, you've done TV, you've done radio. Um, what was that process like for you in knowing like, okay, I'm not afraid to go into what's next. Or were you? Um, no, I mean, I love things that make me scared because it makes me work mm -hmm. even harder. Again, you can't be a gymnast without having some fear or being fearless, right? right? Learning a new trick, you have to bust your ass a thousand times in order to get it right. Mm -hmm. So you don't just walk into the gym and do back handsprings. Like you have to hurt yourself a thousand times till you get it right once. And you remember what that feels like. So for me as a dancer, um, it's survival for one, right? Because yeah. you've got to know what the next gig is or look for the next gig while you're in a gig. And it's unfortunate that you miss so many of those moments of enjoying it while you're in it because you're so busy looking for the next gig. Mm -hmm. um, but you're also, if you have the foresight, again, to look outside the box of what else can I do or yeah. uh, what can I do when this tour is over or when this job is over or when my dance career is over mm -hmm. is that you have to start planting seeds. And when you're on the set, you have these conversations with the producers and the directors and the camera person and the AD and you find out what they do and what's happening. And so I started to get attracted to all these things, but I also come from the stage. I used to do off Broadway. Yeah. So getting back into acting, you know, and that was hard while I was on tour for months and months and months and months and years at a time. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that I'm gravitating toward now. I have a film that I'm shooting um, next month. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And, you know, I'm working on a, a dance documentary. So I'm putting on my director's hat and that's going to be nice. a whole process. So, you know, you have to learn how to evolve. We see there's yeah. actors who are becoming directors who are behind the camera and stuff now because you have to test yourself too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You have to elevate and evolve. Or otherwise, what are you doing? And I get it. There are people mm -hmm. who are just happy just dancing for the rest of their lives. But at some point your body's going to tell you to sit down and then what, you know? Right. Right. Um, with all the things that you've done, have you written a book as well? No, we're oh, okay. talks about doing that too. Okay. So, you know, okay. everybody wants me to do like a tell all snitch book and I'm just like, nah, nah, that's nah, not that's my not style. I leave that to Wendy and yet. Jason and all of them. That's not my thing. I, I like to be let into the rooms and walk around without security. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Not and, that and I don't have just, security, but you know. 
No, for sure. But no, just your your aura and your spirit. Like you, you, you have so much positivity and love. And I think, you know, I think there's so many lessons that you've learned. And I think those are the things I would love to hear from you. Thank just the you. lessons that, that, you know, through your journey of, of of going through this industry and standing tall as a woman in a male dominated industry. There's I mean, absolutely been a lot like it just, you know, women have to be, as we know, in life, 10 times stronger and more resilient and protective of our space. And we have to say no and not be afraid to say no and not sell our soul and all. Mm -hmm. And our reputation is everything when we walk in the room. And that's the one thing for me is because I grew up and hang, hung around a lot of guys because um, yeah. I'm a Tom girl. I would hear how they talk about other women in the room. And I was like, oh, yeah. no, that'll never be me. That'll yeah. never be me. Yeah. You know, and the minute that you sleep with someone that is directly linked to your job. Like I've never slept with any of the artists that yeah. I ever worked for. Right. Mm -hmm. um, because it would make it seem like, Oh, you just got the job because you're messing with him. No, yeah. I can actually dance. Like he yeah. didn't teach me my backflips. I can actually, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was hard, right. To try and navigate, even if you felt attracted to someone that you couldn't without there being um, a sacrifice there. And there's definitely right. sacrifices, you know, womanhood, uh, motherhood, you know, especially for dancers, mm -hmm. because your body is your instrument. And I came up in an era where the minute you put on five pounds or, you know, if you get mm -hmm. pregnant, well, then it's over. Your, ra your yeah. wave is done, you know? Right. And so those are the sacrifices you have to kind of make too. And I think going forward, women need to know you have to carve those things out in your life. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. Very nice. And all of the many hats that you've worn, where do you think you find or have found the most joy? Oh, that's so crazy. You say that because dancing for me is euphoric mm -hmm. all day, every day. I still, you know, before I started even making money and I still now people will see me and I'm at the club. I love, I love my DJs. I'm either by the DJ booth or by the speaker yeah. and I'm there a hot sweaty mess for four or five hours, just dancing and grooving because that's just what, you know, fills my soul and feeds my soul. Um, but when I'm in front of the camera, that just is electric for me too. you know, being yeah. able to transform into another character or even just having conversations. Um, you know, I really kind of find my my joy in that I'm inquisitive by nature. Yeah. Um, so all of it, I'm, I'm, everything that I'm doing, I'm doing things that I love and that excite me. You know, yeah. I could be shoveling sheep. You yeah, know what no, I mean? for real, right? Like, and I'm not. And that's the sacrifice, too, you know? Yeah. So. Um, what evolutions have you seen in hip hop and what are some of the things that you like and dislike? I love that uh, finally the women are getting their just due in regard mm -hmm. to you're learning the names of these women who are behind the magazines, who are behind the publishing, who are behind managing some of these artists that are directing some of your favorite hip hop mm -hmm. movies. I love that um, women are selling more records. You know, regardless yeah. of what you think yeah. of the content and their lyrics, they're writing their own mm -hmm. stuff and they're getting their points on the albums. So mm -hmm. I love that. I love that hip hop itself has expanded outside of the four elements into like multiple elements. Right. We've got yeah. fashion. We got magazine. We got hip hop radio. We got, you know, what I'm saying so many things. So I just love that it's blossoming and, and the branches on the tree keep growing. Nice, nice, nice. And then, like you said, just want to circle back to the uh, uh, the documentary that's out right now on Rap City. Um, when they came to you and just as you watched the evolution of Rap City, um, what did that mean to you? 
Well, I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't know, which is mm. crazy. And I've known like Joe Claire and Prince Dejour yeah, for like 30 Tigger. years. And I was like, what? I didn't know that. Wait, that's yeah. what happened? You know what I mean? Because we were all, Joe and I and Tigger worked together the most and Prince Dejour because uh -huh. he ushered me in. Um, so there were things that happened behind the scenes on shoots that I wasn't there that I kind of learned about. You'll right. learn, especially in episode three, the politics and the politics of the mm. transition out of Rap City into, you know, and what that looked like coming into the other shows. Um, yeah, there was a lot, but it, it was it's it's great. And especially because I didn't know the other three hosts, Q45, Jay Nix, and Matt Lynx. I didn't meet them until we did the Rap City reunion some 10 yeah. years ago, you know, mm -hmm. because I'd never worked with them. So to see how they got onto the show and how they um, infiltrated and brought their savviness to the show is really, really great. But you guys will get to see how integral it was for a lot of the artists whose first interviews we gave, you know what I mean? Yeah, Some, even in Joe's case, yeah. last interviews that were given. Right, um, right. You know, so there's a lot there to be learned without me telling everything. Trust me, you'll be like, what? I no, I know, man. I mean, I definitely Rap City raised all of us, made us fall in love with hip hop and just it, the, the, the impact that it had on the culture. It, it's just... You can't even put it into words. Um, something else dope that you did, and I don't—I I heard this little birdie say, I don't know if it's true or not. You did some voice acting for uh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I wish I was actually one of the characters. Oh, um, but it was—they had radio stations on the uh -huh. uh, on the game, and uh -huh. so I was one of the radio DJs on the game, which was really dope. So nice see you know what i'm saying you just wear so many hats i love it i mean the queen of the pivot um but as we are you know watching hip-hop go and grow and evolve um as it's gracefully turned 50 where do you want to see hip-hop go for the next 50 oh, years and beyond that's a good question because already we are taking over the world right it is a yeah. that people had doubts and stuff about where mm -hmm. this thing could go and grow um I wish we could get back. And I hate to say go back, right? Because yeah, we yeah. always want to propel forward. Mm -hmm. But right now, to me, hip hop is disposable music, right? Because we yes. don't have albums that we love. Yes. We don't have album art that we love. Mm -hmm. Everybody's so busy throwing out a single, a single, a mm -hmm. single that you really don't get attached to it. Or these artists come and go because somebody's got, you know, a million followers and now suddenly they're a star one day. And I think there's a distinct difference between popularity versus talent, right? So, and don't get me started on that. That's a whole other show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a whole other, that's a whole other thing For sure. um, For because sure. it's, and it's very short lived. So I yeah. hope that the music industry starts to really gravitate or let in open the gates to people who are really prolific lyricists who are mm. creative in their art. Like I miss, you know, the Missy Elliott's and you know, yeah. what I mean? people like that Ludacris who give you something, Buster Rhymes who, you know what I'm saying? The directors of music videos who gave you storylines, not just, you know, a, a girl with a, you know, a, a thong on and you swiping a credit card down her butt cheeks, like Hype Williams and, and director X who gave you music video stories and yeah. cinematography and all that stuff. Yeah. So I hope more of that happens. I love the fact that, well, it's another catch 22, right? That we get to see mm -hmm. other sides of some actors, some artists becoming actors right, just because right, right. the studios want their followers or they want them to do a soundtrack mm -hmm. or they work out the deal. But it's also great to see people who sink their teeth into the craft because there are people who have studied for a thousand years at Juilliard or whatever and right. are not getting the work. 
So if right. you're going to come into this art form, then I hope that you respect it and actually do the work and not just be like, oh, I sold a million records. I don't need to study anything like that's whack to me. Um, yeah. But I love that these doors are opening up to and letting people in so that when we see three, six mafia get an Oscar for mm -hmm. their soundtrack or this, that and the other, that people are shocked. And we're not <laughs> because we always knew that we had that talent within us. So. Uh, and they're actually, and they're there because of stuff that we made anyway that they stole. So that's yeah, a whole other show. Yeah. Too. Oh, come on. You already know. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. Big Liz, thank you so much. Um, Is there anything that you have coming up that we need to be on the lookout for? Um, Well, I'll let you guys know when the film and stuff is shot and ready. Because, you know, you can't talk about anything. Anything can happen. The rug gets pulled under you. We stop yeah. in the middle of shooting. Another pandemic happened. It could be anything. Right, right. Um, Again, keep watching part three of the documentary, Rhapsody documentary on BET, and then it will re-air over and over again. Um, I myself am going to be working on a documentary. So pray for your girl that I can get my funding and that it's received well. You know, Women King took eight years to make, so be patient with me. I'm on it, guys. I'm on it. Um, and just follow me. I am Leslie Seagar on all platforms at lesliesegar.com. And uh, thanks for the love, you know. Oh, I say to everybody, um, What's my what's the catchphrase? Don't call it a comeback because I've been here for years. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, and you know what? I'm gonna give you your flowers because I want to thank you for making history over highlights. Thank you. No, thank you so much. It's been an honor. We look forward to all the amazing things that you're going to continue to do. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely a fan and I'm gonna keep rocking with you. But it's been an honor. Thank you thank for you. celebrating. And you can teach me some celebrate. tap too. I would love to learn. Hey, I got you. I mean, I ain't done it since I was like nine, but you know, I might still remain, you know, like riding a bike. <laughs> no, but thank you for helping us celebrate 50 years of hip hop and kicking off this wonderful series. It's been Happy fun. birthday, hip hop. Hey.